Good morning. Glad you're here today. Uh, already in the holiday season and spirit, I am. I hope you were. So yeah, it's a, so if you smell that smell, according to Britain, it's your fault. So don't don't blame anybody else. Uh, I like your way you put that. So glad that you're here. Let me say a thank you also to several people who worked hard yesterday with several things going on here around the church. I always appreciate that, that effort that was given. And I want to really, uh, I want to also remind you about this. Uh, tonight is 301, and uh, we really want to put you to work. Uh, we're, you know, this is not a place where you come and sit and uh, just enjoy church. If you need to do that for a while, get healed of something, or you know, you've got some things you're struggling with, we need to pray you through some things, hey, we want to do that, but we also want to be moving you to the place where God wants you to be. So uh, please um, get, get involved and be a part of the growth track. 301 is tonight. And uh, you can come tonight, uh, even if you hadn't made a 101 or 201 yet, you can catch those the next month. But 4 o'clock, we'd enjoy having you tonight. Having you tonight. So let's uh, get into the message this morning. I want to have a word of prayer with you. And uh, this series, I, I've been doing a giving series uh, every November uh, since being here, since uh, we were here as pastors. And, and uh, even before we started, even before we launched the church, the November before, I did a giving series. And this one was a little different than uh, the, ones we, the ones we've done, and this morning's going to be just a little different, but I, I'm really excited, I'm really excited about this, and I really hope somebody gets a hold of something, or, or maybe something gets a hold of somebody in this service today. So join me, and let's pray, and let's believe God to help us uh, accept what it is that he wants to put on us today. Father, I love you, God, I thank you, Lord, for, God, this, this special time of year that we that we're entering into now, God, a time of families, a time of fellowship, a time of joy, a time of remembering uh, all the good things that you've done for us over the last year, God, and a time of looking, looking toward that, uh, that day that we celebrate the birth of your son, the greatest gift. God, I thank you for this time. And God, don't let us forget that uh, this wasn't just meant for us. You didn't just give us this wonderful, blessed time of, of year just for us, but there are, there are dozens of people around every single one of us every day that need this same, this same spirit in them. They need this same gift that, that you've given to us. They need this, uh, this same joy and love, and I pray, God, that you help us look outside of ourselves, God, and not just say, thank you, God, for what you gave us last year. Give us some more, but God, to, to say thank you for what you've given to us, God, help us find somebody else to do the same for. I pray, God, that you challenge us and help us accept, receive the challenge. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay. So today is, uh, today is I Care. And I want to back up just a little bit and kind of give you a little bit of a rehash, just a couple things to, to review. And first week was uh, I Belong. And it was about tithing. Now, I didn't preach tithing, 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 but it was about tithing. That's what it was about. I mean, you, you need to tithe. You need to be involved. You need to use your talents. Wherever it is that God plants you, whatever church it is, and we believe everybody fits here. I told you that. We believe everybody fits here, but we understand if, if uh, you don't fit here, that's good. We want to help you find the place that you fit. But when you find that place, you need to give your talents, you need to give your time, and you need to tithe. And we talked about that. It's because you belong. I mean, it's a responsibility. It's a duty. It, it, you know, it doesn't, doesn't even matter how you feel about it. It's a responsibility. It's a duty. And you know, I, I don't know how you feel uh, about this, but... You know, there's some, there's some kind of giving, and, and the one I want to talk to you about today, that is really just something that, I mean, you just, you do it for the first time, and then you can't not do it from that point on. And sometimes, I don't know why more people don't catch that in tithing as well. 
Because uh, when I see a success in the church, you know, I don't have to be the one that taught the class or that sang the song or that went and, and did the outreach that touched somebody or that prayed the prayer. I don't have to be that person because I'm part of the team. And as part of the team, when I do my part, then you know what? I'm part of every single success that happens in the family of God. Now, uh, it's been a while since I used a football analogy. So today, we're going to use a college football analogy, okay? Uh, I, I want you, uh, there, yesterday, and I know uh, probably uh, you Alabama fans, yesterday it was pay-per-view. I think first time this year is pay-per-view. And so a lot of you didn't get to see the game. So, you know, you, you might have to just imagine with me, but this, they were playing Georgia Southern, a team way less experienced. And, uh, you know, the, the coaching was, was less than Alabama's, you know, top dollar coaching and all of that. I mean, really a team that should not have even been able to really stay on the field with Alabama. But they did. So, you know, if you can uh, imagine with me for just a moment, uh, well, uh, maybe you don't have to imagine because we've actually got a video. I, I want to show, show you one play from yesterday. Okay, go ahead and roll that, Brandon, if you will. And uh, the fullback run up the – now look, there he goes. I mean, he, nobody even touched him. And here, look at this. There, there are two Alabama players, two defenders, right here, uh, one and two. One, uh, one I think, uh, that, that's Dante Hightower, I believe. He's, uh, you know, he's even with the guy. And, and two, that's Robert Lester. And, and he's actually got maybe a good step on him. And they both got the angle. Now, if you don't understand football, basically, you're, if you got the angle like that, you're supposed to catch him. Okay, but I want to really draw your attention to something else. Back up right here. Uh, play that on, Brandon. Let's back up to, uh, we'll show... It plays on. Tell it to go. I want to show you this. Uh, click play or continue or something. There we go. <laughs> there it is. That's the guy. I want you to watch this guy. Okay, watch him right here. He is a good seven yards behind the ball. Watch him. Look at look at him. Look at him make up. Look at him make up the ground. I mean, everybody else is running in slow motion. Okay, but even at this point, Robert Lester has still got a good maybe a step and a half now. He's got the angle, but boom. He goes on his backside, boom. Oh, you got to see that again, okay? you got to see that again. And everybody talked about it. Here he is, and you see it. There he comes running, flying in. He outruns the ball carry. He outruns the defenders, and he turns around to get another one. Okay, you got to see it one more time, okay? Now, I'm an Alabama fan, okay? So this is painting me just a little bit. you got to see this, number 23. There he is. He outruns. He doesn't even look at Hightower because he's looking at Lester. He knows. He gets out in front of Lester, and then all he does is he slows down in front of Dante Hightower, lets Dante Hightower push him on his backside. And, and I wish, uh, I found this video uh, late last night. Somebody had already posted it on YouTube, and we found the video. I wish they had shown that last angle uh, from the end zone. I wish they had let it run just a moment where you could have seen that guy because, I, I mean, he, he, he ran on pass, and he, he knew Robert Lester. Dante Hightower, he was not the issue right now. Lester was going to cut him off. He put Lester on his backside, and then he just slowed down and, and cut off Dante Hightower, and he got knocked on his backside. And then he jumped up, and he was swinging his hands. He was jumping as if he had scored the touchdown. He didn't score the touchdown. I didn't even hear the announcers even call his name. His name is uh, Bryant. Uh, I can't even remember his first name right now, number 23, uh, one of the running backs. No, they didn't even call his name, but he was as excited as if he had been the guy that actually scored the touchdown because he was part of the team. He was part, I mean, you know, I, I many times I tell the, uh, tell the AV guys back there, our shock and awe team, you're like the offensive lineman of, 
of, of the church. You know, nobody notices you until you mess up. You know, and that's the way a lot of, I mean, you know, you hear a squeal, or, you know, or, or, you know, and we've got some new speakers up today, and so we're working on some things, and if things don't exactly fit your, you know, your ears today, we're working on it, okay? You know, and, and if it doesn't, you know what you do, everybody kind of, oh, man, I, that, was one, that was one of the things, y'all, y'all remember some of y'all that's been around a while, how we talked about that, you know, don't turn around and look at those guys. You know, they know, they, you know, when it's bad, they know when it's bad, you know. Don't turn around and look at them. They're working on it. If it's squealing, guess what? It's squealing back there like it's squealing up here too, you know. We're all part of the team, and we don't get down on one another and all those things, but we got, you know, we've all got to pick up and be our part. And when we are, when we're part of the team, then we celebrate with every single thing that happens around here because I'm part of the, I can jump up. You know, if somebody gets saved because you went out and you reach them, you bring them, and, you know, if they get saved here, or you got you led them to the Lord out there. I can jump up and scream and, and, and high-five you because I'm part of the team. I belong, and you belong. And second, last week we talked about, you know, about giving. And uh, it's really about generosity. It's about just having this thing. You know, and it's where it's like that first week, you know, it's about, it's, it's about I belong, and so I've got to do my part. And, and last week we are talking about giving in, in the way of generosity. And it's like, you know, the things that really touch my heart, that's what I want to give to. I want to give to things that touch my heart. But today we're going to talk about a third one, and it's I care, and it's really about, it's about missions. And, and, and this, is, this, this is really getting closer, I think this is closer to the heart of God than one or two, it's than tithing or giving. It's because this is really, you know, when we tithe, one of the blessings we have from tithing is that there is food in the house. I mean, we're providing ministry for ourselves. When we tithe, as God tells us we need to tithe, we're producing food every Sunday for ourselves. There, there, there's, a, there's a sermon today. There's a song today because somebody paid their tithes last week. There's kids' ministry today because somebody paid their tithes last week. And when we, when we give, we've got our projects around here, things we want to do and, and ministries we want to, you know, and outreaches and events that we do. When we give to those things, those are things that we really love and we like to give to those things. But when you give to missions, you're giving to something that you receive no benefit from whatsoever. You minister to someone that you may never, ever meet in your entire life. And that's why I think it's more, it's closer to the heart of God than any giving that we can do. Because Jesus Christ came a long way to minister to us. He went through a whole lot to minister to us. It wasn't because he was required to. He wasn't. It wasn't because it was just the favorite project like our giving most of the time is. And that's, that's great. We need to do that. It was because he cared. So I want to take, I want to take you to, uh, to the Great Commission. And, and um, I'm going to use a different version today than one I, I, I normally quote, so I'll probably have to read it with me. I want to take you to the Great Commission. And I want to show you four things about what the Great Commission is. And the first thing I want to tell you is the Great Commission is not a suggestion. The Great Commission is not a suggestion. You ever heard somebody say they were Ten Commandments, not Ten Suggestions? You know, and the Great Commission was not a suggestion. Let me show you this here in the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Jesus is about to leave uh, and leave the earth, and he, the 11 disciples, they left for Galilee, and they went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Okay, Jesus said, look, I'm about to leave, but go meet me on this mountain. Uh, verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. In verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus is about to leave. And he's about to tell them something very, very important. 
And, you know, and, and I've said this to you, I've relayed this to, to you before, and you've may heard me say this a lot of times. I mean, what's the last thing you tell somebody? The most important thing to tell them. You know, when you're hanging up, you, you know, if it's somebody that is really close to you, the last thing you may say is, I love you. You know, when your kids, I, I mean, I've, we joke a lot about uh, Davis' dad. He would, always, he would always tell her, it's when she was backing out of the driveway, I mean, a grown woman, you know, got kids of her own, living in another state. And he would tell her, said, don't pick up any hitchhikers, as if she was going to. But, <laughs> I mean, it was the most important thing. And my, and my own kids, when they got of driving age and they would leave his house, he would say, don't do drugs. You know, it's like every single time, don't do drugs. I mean, that was what was on his, it was the most important thing to him. That's what we do. And Jesus, the most important thing, whatever, the most important thing in his life, he was about to say. And then he's, and he says this before he says it. He says, I have been given all authority. This ain't a suggestion. This is not something I think would be a good thing for you to think about doing maybe somewhere down the road. No, this is a commission that I am giving to you. So it's not a suggestion. It is, it is an evangelistic challenge. It's an evangelistic challenge that Jesus Christ is about to make. Let's look at the scripture right here and I'll show it to you. Uh, Verse uh, 19 now. Right? Going back to our scripture. There we go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and make disciples. Verse 20. We got verse 20. We'll get it figured out. There you go. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he says, go and make disciples. And he says, and teach them everything I've taught you. He says, Go. It is an evangelistic challenge. Now, that word evangelistic, it's, it's, it's real close to a really, really, really bad word in politics, isn't it? You know, that evangelical word that, that people that aren't evangelical, they don't like, you know? Well, let me explain a little bit to you about what that evangelistic, or that word evangelistic, evangelism, evangelical even means. You see, people that aren't evangelical or evangelistic, they they look at that and they say, you know, it's great that you guys want to believe that, but do you have to tell all of us about it? But that's what evangelical means. That's what evangelistic means. That's what evangelism is. It is telling somebody. And what they don't get is, is, you know, if you're a scientist and you're dealing with theories, you know, and you you haven't proven a fact yet, but you've got a theory, you know, that theory could change tomorrow when you get some other proof or something else and, and you say, wait a minute, I've got to adjust this theory. You know, it's okay for you to keep that to yourself because it's a theory. You're working on something. But when you learn something that is fact, that is going to impact someone's life and someone's eternity, I mean, that's something somebody needs to know. You need to know it. Everybody around you needs to know it. And they don't need to know it tomorrow. They need to know it right now because it's important. And we, and, and we can't wait for scientists to tell us 50 years from now that, oh, maybe you're right. No, and we got to share it. That's what evangelical, that's what evangelistic, that's what evangelism is. It's that. And Christ has given us an evangelistic challenge. It is to go and tell the world these truths that I have shared with you. Not theories. But the truths I've shared with you, and we don't believe that the Bible is a theory that is still being written. The Bible is the Word of God, and, he, and God has proven it because he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And as much as the rest of the world and, and many different people and peoples 
have tried to destroy the Word. Have tried to, I mean, they've tried to literally burn it out of existence, get rid of it. As much as they have tried, God has held His Word, and His Word is inviolate because His Word still today, you look at the, the oldest uh, uh, manuscripts that we can find, I mean, that they're uncovering, and you look at the oldest manuscripts, and the Word of God that you and I are following today is still right there, close to exactly the Word that was given uh, always back centuries and centuries ago. He has given us an evangelist, and so because of that, we have to evangelize. Okay? Let's go to the book of Mark now. And, and, and Mark, what we find out is, is it is a, it's a supernatural thing. It's a supernatural thing that, that uh, we're going to do. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, jump to Mark chapter 16. And then he told them, Jesus tells them, it's, this is the same thing. Let me, let me explain just a little bit here to you. Let me say this before, before I read the scripture. It's, it's what we've got, you know, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. They're telling the same story. But they're each telling it as they remember it, and they remember certain things. And, you know, uh, like if all of you go somewhere this, a- this afternoon and you tell people, you know, four of you go and tell one person, y'all tell the same person what I preached on this morning. You'll remember, you know, you'll remember something, and you'll remember something else, you'll remember something, and you'll remember the gist of the whole thing, but you'll remember specifically one line or one line or one line. You know, and that's what's going on here, okay? So Mark, here's the things that he's remembering that are really important about what Christ said right before he left. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. And they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Okay, just like Mark. I don't know if you're a student of the Word, but if you're a student of the Word, you know that these guys have kind of got their mindset. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like hearing four different preachers because, you know, they've each got their little niche of, of where they preach and the things they believe in. And Mark, man, this is classic Mark. I mean, Mark is about the signs. I'm, I'm actually in, in, in studying Mark right now in my personal devotion at time. And, and, and I'm, I'm studying him not because I thought, you know, I need to get into Mark. It's really because I'm thinking, you know, I've neglected Mark for a while. The book of Mark, I need to get back in there and read it. You know, and, and I've really spent more time, and I think most people do. Mark is probably the most uh, neglected, not necessarily unpopular, but just the most neglected. Most people spend their time either in John. I mean, that's what I tell new converts, read John first. It'll help you more than anything. Or Matthew or Luke. Luke tells the Christmas story and a lot of things there. And so people, people really kind of steer around Mark. Well, Mark's just another one of the four, you know. And it's kind of stuck there, third, you know. It's not first. It's not fourth. It's just in the middle, you know. And it's not the first of the middle. It's the end of the middle, you know. So it's like Mark's just kind of stuck there. He's a, you know. But when I started studying him again just a few weeks ago, and I, and I started reading, I thought, man, you know, Mark doesn't take any time talking about, you know, John the Baptist. He doesn't take any time talking about uh, Mary and Joseph and the, the birth of Christ. He immediately jumps into ministry and signs. And it's all, I mean, it's all about signs. It's like Mark is saying, listen, I want you to understand that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, here I can prove it to you. He healed this guy, and he delivered this guy, and he raised this one from the dead, and he did this, and he did those. And he talks about all the signs. And here he has it, and he's saying, here's the thing that I remember that Jesus said right before he left, is he talked about signs following them that believe. He said they will cast out demons in his name. He said, you know, and, and, and you've got to think about what, what Jesus is really saying here, okay? He's talking to a group of people, but here's what he's saying. He's 
saying the people that follow me, they're not going to be spiritual wimps. They are going to have authority over their spiritual enemies. He said that they're going to speak with new tongues. Hey, can I tell you something? If God's going to give people a sign, it's going to be something different than the norm. Right? I mean, if it's the norm, I mean, that's not a sign. They didn't tell me anything. I mean, if you do the same thing that everybody, it's not. I mean, so what he's saying there about the tongues is, hey, yeah, that's going to be weird. You know, there are people going to say, that's weird. But you know what? Weird is a sign. I mean, if it ain't weird, it's not a sign. If it ain't weird, it's, it's me. It's normal. It's what everybody else does. That's, that's what Jesus is telling us. Hey, there's going to be, there's going to be some things. You, know, you got to think about it. Get outside your box because when the signs, ha- signs happen, it's going to be weird. So they're going to cast out demons. They're going to speak with new tongues. They're going to, they're going to pick up serpents and drink poison, and, and it won't hurt them. Now listen, Jesus didn't say, all of my disciples are going to pick up serpents. You know what? I haven't even seen one. I haven't even seen one. How long has it been since you've seen a snake? I mean, you know, now, now my granddad, he used to have to deal with snakes all the time. Now, I remember when I was a kid, I'd see one every once in a while. I don't even know how long it's been since I've even seen a dead one on the side of the road. I mean, Jesus wasn't saying we all got to go buy some snakes, you know, and handle snakes. What he was saying was he was speaking to some people at a time. Okay, here's the important thing, what he was saying, is they were remembering the story of Moses and Aaron. You remember the snake that they cast down in the the court of Pharaoh, and they picked it back up? And he was also talking about the time where Paul, you think about Paul, remember when the snake bit on it, latched onto his hand, he just shook it off in the fire? What Jesus was doing is he was setting this up and saying, here's some more signs that are going to happen. Things like snakes, when they become against them. They had to deal with snakes in those days. We don't have to. We don't have as many of them here around our houses anymore. They had to deal with those things. And they had to deal with poisonings. They had to deal with people who actually tried to kill one another with those things. What he's saying is, is he's saying, you're going to have, these, these that follow me, they're going to have a supernatural protection about them that if these things come against them, they're going to have a protection that it won't hurt them and it won't kill them. That's what Jesus is saying. So they're going to, they're going to take that and they're going to, uh, if, they, if they pick up those kinds, but then he goes on. He goes on, and you know what he says? He says, and they're going to pray for the sick, and the sick are going to get better. And again, they're not going to just do weird stuff. They're actually going to do ministry too. It is a supernatural thing that God has called us to. When Jesus says, go into the world, it is a supernatural thing. And, and we wrote a lot of names over here on the wall, didn't we? And I only see two scratched out, and I think they're the same person because they're the same name. And, the, and, the, and here's, here's my question is, is, what do we believe? And I know what you're thinking is, well, I've been inviting them. Yeah, but the problem is you haven't done it in a supernatural undertaking. You haven't seen it as a supernatural undertaking. You've been doing your little thing. Why don't, why don't today, why don't you get, during the, the close of the service, get over here, get, get, get some oil, get some oil and, and come and anoint that name and say, God, in the name of Jesus, somehow this week, Lord, I want you to get involved in this situation. You see, you're dealing with people who've got, who've got attitudes, they've got attitudes and things that they've been thinking all of their life. They've got bad attitudes toward Christians. They've got bad attitudes toward evangelicals. You know, they've got bad, and you know what? Most everybody that you're dealing with, if you're trying to get someone introduced to Jesus Christ, most, most of those people are addicted to something in this world. And I don't just mean just substance addictions, 
But there are substance addictions. Some people, I mean, there, there are people, I believe, literally addicted to adrenaline. I, I don't have time for that discussion right now, but I'll talk to you after church about it. But addictions like that, or sexual addictions, perverted perversions and sexual addictions, that's really in the news right now because of a couple of, of big-time uh, 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 schools and, and their athletics programs. And sexual addictions. You're dealing with people with addictions. And let me tell you something. You don't get through that with a little card that says, hey, why don't you come to 2911? You need some prayer. We need to bathe this thing in prayer and say, God, I am about to step out and go into this world that you have called me to go into to stand in the face of the enemy that does not want to let go of a single soul that he's got a hold of. So, God, I need this power that you talked about in the book of Mark. And I need this power, and I want you to go before me, and I want you to break some spiritual some spiritual bondage. I want you to pull down some walls and some strongholds, God, and prepare them to receive the invitation to come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. It's time we started putting some prayer with our invitations and let's see what God can do instead of just doing it on our own. Go ahead, give God a hand of praise if you want to. You want to see God do something? Give it. Amen. We got, we, got to go be, we got to go beyond that, okay? Uh, and let's, go, let's go to Luke because Luke is it's a far-reaching mission. Okay. Now Luke tells us, tells us this in two different places. The book of Luke, Jesus says, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from, dead on the, from the dead on the third day. So it's written that, and it said, and it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to, be, to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. Here's what the, what's, what's supposed to be said. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And where does it begin? Jerusalem. You'll remember that, okay? Because I'll bring you back to that in just a moment. Now, Luke didn't just write the book of Luke. He also penned the Acts of the Apostles, okay? And so he's going to pick up with the Acts of the Apostles right where he left off at the end of the book of Luke because the book of Luke is about Jesus. Now Jesus is ascending, so he's going to pick up in the book of Acts. And he even says, you know, that former, that former testament that I gave to you, said, let me take it on further. And here's what he says in Luke Chapter 1, you're witnesses of all these sayings in Luke 24. Now in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he's telling us what else he saw Jesus, he heard Jesus say. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling, every, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It is a far-reaching mission that Jesus Christ has given us. And... Let's, let's start on the out and bring it back in. Because first, let's start at the outside. Because he, he, he talks about it there, to the ends of the earth. We have the commission to go. You remember I said last week about giving? And giving is not just, it's not just a command to those who have extra disposable discretionary income. In the same way, this command to reach the whole world, even the ends of the earth, was not just made to people who have extra time on their hands that can afford to get on a plane and go around the world. It was made to all of us. You say, but how do I do I can't do that. I, I can't leave my mom in the nursing home right now, or I can't leave home. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single mom. I can't leave my kids. and Do it the way the early church did. Because the early church, they couldn't all leave either. They didn't have the money. And so what they did was they raised the money to send missionaries. They supported Paul as he went around and he planted new churches. And they prayed for him. And they prayed for him. Oh, somebody help me. They prayed for him. 
They did that, that spiritual warfare like I was talking about with your friends and your family members. They did that spiritual warfare for Paul that God would be going before him and preparing his way and pulling down strongholds. They prayed for him. And that call is given to us. Every one of us has been told to go. And we need to go. And not just go to our little place, go to the ends of the earth. And if you can't go, then you be a part of the one that sends somebody else. And then he also talks about the national. He says Judea and Samaria, kind of the national, that area. We've got to do that as well. And you know what? Some of us, we can't do that. We did a, a missions trip this last, uh, this last summer that was here in the States. Now, it was a little expensive, but it, it was worth it. We've got one plan that's here in the States next summer as well. That's something a lot of us, that, more of us can do that than can leave the country. And, you know, more of us can do that kind of a thing. But if you can't, what do you do? Same thing. You find and you pray for those that can. You find a way. You get a heart for it. I've got, I've got a command to do this. I've got a command to do this. And then there's the, the local mission. The local missions. And all of us can be involved in those kinds of things. But it's, it is not the thing that, that is your little cup of tea in your little part of the world. It's actually doing something for somebody that you may never see or you will never get a thank you from. That's what missions is. Missions is not setting something up so you get thank yous every week and you get, you get appreciated every week. That's, that's not what missions is. Missions is going to somebody that you have a special ability to reach. And if you can't, then what do you do? Same thing. You fund and you pray for those that can. And so today, I want to introduce you. I want to introduce you to our three missions that we'll be supporting in the, month, in the year 2012. I want to introduce to you, first of all, our local mission. It's the one symbolized by Jerusalem when Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Okay, so we're going to support, we're going to support a local mission in the year 2012. Introduce you to the Love Lady Center. Seventy-five thousand diapers. That's what the Love Lady Center can boast as part of their annual ministry to hundreds of Birmingham moms every year. As the home to over 450 women and children who need a good meal, a warm bed, and Christ's love, the Love Lady Center is not a temporary shelter, but a life-changing program, an opportunity for a brand new start, one that is very forward in introducing women and children to Jesus and the offering of help and support that most of us take for granted. The Love Lady Center residents receive medical services, in-house addiction counseling and rehabilitation, Bible counseling, life and job skills training, transportation to jobs and school, Medicare, emergency shelter care, and even the opportunity to complete post-secondary education. Before they leave the Love Lady Center, they are equipped with the tools needed to return to life as a productive member of society. The majority of residents come from the justice system and are there in a transitional step from the mistakes of their past to a new life. Another 40% of them admit themselves due to drug abuse, being homeless, or to escape domestic violence. The 2911 missions team has chosen the Love Lady Center as our local missions project for 2012 and ask you to consider making them part of your own personal project for giving and prayer support throughout the year. Our local 
our local mission that we supported this past year was Discovery Clubs, and we've got one more project to do with them next month. You'll hear about it in a couple of weeks. It's going to be our Christmas project this year. But next year, our local mission will be the Love Lady Center. You may have heard about it because they're, they're actually trying to move into the, the old Caraway properties up there uh, in North Birmingham. This, you know, this is, this is a, a, a ministry that is reaching women, man, why, where they live, right where they, I, don't, I can't tell you the number of people I get requests from, and I don't have any way to help them. You know, people that, people that say, I, you know, I, I need some food for my kids, you know, or I've got to get in a better situation, or I've, I'm being abused, and I don't have anything to do, and there, there's the Love Lady Center that is filling that need. Our, uh, Missions team skipper Shannon will be in the second service this morning. Shannon spent a good bit of time researching, praying, and seeking out who should be our uh, local mission for next year. And if you're a part of the missions team, I really hope you're going to be part of that part of that process next year of actually helping us find a local mission for the following year. We might hang on to some, and we might change some. This this year, we're changing a couple. And so here's what here's what we're asking you to do. Asking you to pick one of these, at least one of these, maybe all three. And for the next year, pray for them over and over and over, constantly pray for them. Every time you think about them, put, a, put notes somewhere, a, uh, a, a post-it note somewhere every morning so you'll see it. Maybe in your car so you'll pray for them when you're driving down the road to work or whatever. And when you write your tithe check, then add a, a little amount every time to go toward one of these missions. And for some of you, I mean, if you've, got, if you've got family that's dealt with some of these kinds of issues, if you've got family that needed this but it wasn't there for your family and now you know it's there and you want to help that be there for somebody, then this is the mission for you. And choose to support this. We're going to be promoting it next year. I'm telling you now so you can be praying about that. And I want to introduce you to our national mission that we're going to be promoting. This is a new one. And this is one, uh, this is one that I'm familiar with because I actually live there for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'll explain that in a moment. Let me, do, let me introduce you to the home. In 1920, four small children were the first residents of what would become the Smoky Mountain Children's Home. Now, 91 years later, over 100 kids are housed at the home in Sevierville, Tennessee, right outside of Pigeon Forge. The home hopes to never be branded simply as an orphanage because it has always been more of a place for at-risk children and teenagers. These children of abuse and neglect have been rescued from that life and now have a real opportunity at a full life. Housed in 12 family-style cottages, each with their own cottage parents, most meals are prepared right in the cottage by members of the cottage and shared family-style around a huge table. And many of these kids go to college, something they would have never accomplished without the home. And all this happens in a Christ-centered environment. We are excited to announce the home as our national missions project for 2012. The missions team asks that you join us in giving support and prayer for this ministry. There are many ways that you can help. Sponsor a child for only $20 a month. Remember these special children with a financial gift next Mother's Day. Collect Campbell's soup labels, which they can redeem for a brand new van. Send cleaning and janitorial supplies or toiletry items. 
But most importantly, consider making a regular monthly gift along with your tithes that the church will send to the home. I had um, an aunt and uncle that were house parents back when I was uh, a preteen and a young teenager, so that's why I went up and lived like an orphan for two weeks. And so I was there and got to enjoy the home atmosphere that these kids have. These kids have been abused, these kids that... Uh, some of them dealing with uh, drug issues, dependencies because their moms were on drugs. Most of them are not orphans that don't have parents. They're kind of orphans because their parents don't want them. And they've been rescued. And, and I, I know some that actually went, uh, several that went to college and made a huge life for themselves. I, we, actually, one of our uh, state overseers here in the state of Alabama was actually uh, an orphan and was a member of that and was, and was raised there. So this, it, I, I, could, I could tell you a lot of details there because I've been, I've been there, been around it for a good long while. This was one that Shannon picked up without my input, and so when she brought it to me, I said, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. And if your heart is for something like this, then this is the one you need to pray for next year and you need to support with your giving. And then I'll also tell you that Next summer, this is probably going to be our missions trip. It's uh, just outside of Gatlinburg. It's uh, just outside of uh, Pigeon Forge in Sevierville, Tennessee. So it's close, a lot closer than the one we went to last year. It's closer than the one we're looking at going to in 2013. And so you might want to start talking to the missions team, maybe even become a part of the missions team that goes and does some work projects at the home this next year. So consider this one as well. And then we'll talk about our, our international, our world mission. And this is one that uh, we've had, and we're going to continue connecting with them. Uh, this one is really my heart, and uh, because I connected with the, the director, the founder of it, when we were in Texas, and it's just continued to be on my heart. We support a kid that's there, and, and, uh, and they're tugging on my heartstrings really big about me coming. And I, mentioned, I mentioned the girl that I support there, and uh, the director said, that's even one more reason you need to come so you can meet her. And I think, well, you know, that's, that's really tough to say. But let me, for those of you, like, we got a lot of new folks that you've never heard, and th- this church has already done a whole lot of things for this one. But, so let me reintroduce or introduce you to Bread of Life Orphanage from Brostony. Brostony, Romania is home to the very first missions project of Church 2911, the Bread of Life Orphanage. Many members of the church have made monthly gifts to the orphanage, and several children of the orphanage are supported monthly by families at Church 2911. As a church, we have been involved in the annual Christmas shoebox project, held two food drives, gathered used eyeglasses, donated funds for 100 winter coats, and in 2009 raised money to pay for a well to be dug on the orphanage ground the only clean drinking water available to the entire town of 13,000 people. The orphanage houses 90 children, many abandoned by their families who moved to other countries for work. These left behind children now have a place to be fed, loved, and call home. But the orphanage staff saw much more ministry that needed to be done in Brostony, and the ministry need became an opportunity to teach the orphanage children about helping others. The orphanage kids purposefully raised much more in their vegetable gardens than they could use so they could share with the widows of the village, a nearby leper colony, and even struggling state-run orphanages nearby. Homeless and hungry kids began to be invited into the orphanage soup kitchen daily for lunch and a Bible lesson, 
and now they have expanded to 13 feeding centers where over a thousand kids are fed every day. And they share the water from a well paid for by Church 2911 with everyone in the town as an example of the love of Jesus. These kids who once had nothing are now a blessing to the people around them. For 2012, the Bread of Life Orphanage will once again be the world missions we support and pray for. Please consider planning your monthly giving to include this awesome ministry. As a footnote, we are presently looking into the possibility of taking a missions team to Brostony in 2013. See Shannon Harbin, missions team skipper, for more information about this exciting opportunity. I forgot about the footnote. And the way to get on that missions team, and not even if you don't want to travel, but you want to be a part of the missions team, is through the growth track. That's, that's the way you get on any ministry team here at 2911. So I invite you to be here tonight if you haven't already been. And get that process started and help us do this. This, this is, our, nat, this is our, our world missions project for this next year. And uh, we've got, already got some ideas, some things we want to do next year. And for some of you, this is in your wheelhouse. You said, this is it for me. If you've got questions about any of those, all you need to do is ask me. I, I, could, I could talk for hours about any of these three missions projects and explain to you what's, what good is happening there. I want to ask you if you will stand and come to the front. I've got one more scripture for you. Just go to that last scripture. I've got one more scripture for you, and we're going to close. As I said last week, we're not receiving the offering here at the end right now because we don't need one offering from you. If we, need one, if we needed one good missions offering today, we'd be receiving it right now because I've been talking about these things. You've seen pictures of little kids and orphans' faces, and we'd be doing that, but we don't need that. We actually don't need any of this. This church doesn't need any of this that's going to bless this church other than what God is going to turn right back around and give to us in other areas. You see, the, the promises of Malachi chapter 3, when we bring those things in, there are, four, there are four promises there. I told you that about those two weeks ago. I've told you about them before. And several of them don't have anything to do with money. But when you minister, when you bless, when you reach somebody else. So we're not receiving an offering right now. I want you to get a heart for missions. I'm praying that some of you really either get this heart or the other way around, that missions really grabs your heart this year. And if it ever does, you will never, ever, ever be able to stop writing checks to give toward mission. If you ever go on a missions trip, some of you can nod your head, you know, if you ever go on a first missions trip, you'll be looking for, you'll be asking, you'll be begging, when is the next missions trip? Because you understand what the impact is. It, it, it changes you. Those things I was talking about last week, about how we, we so easily fall into the, uh, the very same rat race that our society has. A missions trip reminds you it ain't all about bigger houses and more cars and nicer clothes. It's about ministering to somebody else. James says this. You know what, you know what true religion is? Let's see what God says true religion is. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father, not in my sight, in the sight of God the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. And I think probably when you read that, you think it's talking about don't get into sin. No. 
Don't let the world's rat race mentality corrupt you. Minister to those who are in distress. And don't let the world's attitude about money and finances corrupt you. Keep it about ministry. That's what it's about. I skipped some scriptures, but there's one I want to mention just real quick. Those last few scriptures right after the book of Acts that Luke wrote, he talked about when Jesus then left. The disciples actually saw him go up. They're standing there, you know, their mouths hanging open. And an angel, a couple angels appeared to him. You know what they say? Why are you standing here? Why are you standing here? So let me, let, me, let me ask you that question. Why are we standing here? Turn to the person next to you and say, why are you standing here? The only reason to stand here is to be able to better stand out there. Is to be able to walk out there. Is to be able to go to someone out there. That's the, that's the reason we're standing here today. Because that's his heart. So it's interesting to me that Jesus didn't say in his last words, and don't forget to worship me. It was about don't forget to reach somebody else. Because that's what my heart is. And that's the best way you can worship him. So what are you doing? What are you doing standing here? Don't just stand here. I, I, I really want to invite you to revisit that wall. I, I had intentions of painting over that wall several weeks ago. I can't let it go. What I, what I, I, just, I just think when I paint over that wall, some of you, you've already forgotten about the names you wrote on over there. And when I paint over it, there's not even going to be a, a bit of a reminder. Some of you need to revisit the wall today. Lay your hands on it. Take the oil that's written. Bring that little basket out from behind the speaker stand there. Take some oil if you don't have any and, and anoint and ask God to challenge, to, to change something. Make it a supernatural thing effort that you give to reach somebody. Would you bow with me? This is one of our core values of 2911 is that we want to be missions from the very beginning. And we actually gave a missions offering. We did missions work even before we launched our church. It's one of our core values. It's not just about us. Don't let it be about you. Keep it about somebody else. Pure. Pure religion. True religion. In the sight of God. Let's pray. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing.